0: Listeners, Do you know what is the difference between digital ethics, data privacy and data protection? Are you curious to know how companies can be more responsible when it comes to data and how can we contribute as individuals to that? In today's episode, I am talking to Hilary and Oscar about ethics in the digital world and its impact on us as humans. Continue listening if you want to find out more on the subject and I hope you will enjoy this episode. Today, we are joined by Hilary and Oscar, and we will talk about uh, digital ethics and how exactly that affects us in our day to day life. Uh, Before we start our conversation, would you like to introduce yourselves so that our uh, listeners will know who you are? Hilary, would you like to go first?
1: Yes, thanks. And thank you for inviting us, Adriana. So my name is Hilary Dichtes. I work for more than 15 years within Deloitte. I'm leading the digital ethics team where digital ethics stands for the responsible use of data and
2: technology.
0: Awesome. Thank you. And uh, Oscar, can you tell us a little bit more about you?
2: Yeah, thanks for, uh, for inviting me. Uh, so my name is uh, Oscar Lausager. I'm an uh, HCM strategy director within uh, Oracle with a focus for uh, the Benelux area. I've been working in, in the HR and payroll domain now for the last 22 years uh, and the last seven years with, uh, with Oracle where um, my main focus is on how technology can drive uh, results but also development of employees and organizations.
0: Awesome. Well, I'm delighted to have both of you here today and to, uh, to talk about uh, an interesting subject for me. Because when I think about ethics, you know, usually that um, how I interpret it is that it's a set of uh, moral principles that usually guide someone's behavior. Um, and that is what happens in our day to day life. Right. But when we think about digital ethics, and especially in tech, what exactly is it? And why, what does it uh, represent?
1: So actually, Adriana, the way how you think about it in, in the life when we don't have technology is actually similar to when we go to translate it to technology. So digital ethics is about this moral values that we have as human being, that we have you know, between each other. How can we translate that to technology so that the technology is going to work for us as human being in a way that we want to. So in short, digital ethics is about designing, deploying, and using technology or platforms in a way it can be trusted and protect the ethical values that you and I have. And meaning that the technology is used Meaning that the technology in the way they use it, it needs to be trustworthy and that consumers feel safe when the data is used by companies, such as by Oracle, or but also it gives tech and platform companies a license to innovate and really can help, you know, us as human beings in, in ways that we as humans cannot do. So that's where digital ethics comes in.
0: And when we think about it, I mean, I really like that, and I like to hear that there is a way to use those uh, you know similar values in regards to how we build tech or how some of the big tech companies um, work and when we think about why it is important that companies do that basically why why should they do it and why is it important for consumers to to have it Uh, oscar what do you think about that
2: well I think at the end and, and i agree with what hillary said on the on the previous question at the end of the day in my opinion ethics are ethics uh, either in in person or or digital the mm-hmm. big difference is however that once it gets digital uh we need to understand that you know technology captures data captures uh, um, analysis and therefore that can be used in different ways than than information that you get into your head uh, from that perspective so if i would give an example if i would be going to the same store 30 years ago day in day out and i buy the same kind of products then i would be very you know i would highly appreciate the fact that if if i would walk in the store that employee that store would already have my things there because i come there every day and you recognize that etc now if you would translate that to today's world and i visit a web shop I would still appreciate the fact that if I go to the same webshop every day, that that web shop gives me suggestions, for example, because I bought yesterday something and what I want to buy today could be matched with what I bought yesterday. So, so far, so good. It's the same. However, once that webshop shop would reuse or misuse my data or, for example, sell the data to other commercial companies, then most likely I will not be that happy. But let's be honest, I wouldn't be happy 30 years ago if I would go to a different store and they would know what I yeah. bought in the other store at the other end of the town, you know, So at the end of the day, I don't think there's a real difference. But why is it important today? Because due to technology, due to the fact that that data is captured in a certain place by companies it's also easier to share and that's mm-hmm. think, the reason why why it's so important for for companies to have it on the agenda because the technology is there will be there and will remain and, and will only further develop so that's why it's important company think about okay how can I protect my normal ethics into the digital world
1: hmm yeah. And can I add something to that? Because I truly agree with the example. But one thing to add to that is also that in the normal, in the, in the so strange to say, in the real life world where we live, we <laughs> have, also have a choice. So we can have for 20 years that somebody, you know, capture our groceries before we come. But we can say also to one time, I don't want it anymore or I want something different. And mm-hmm. that's also where digital ethics comes in where we have to build it in technology it's also about giving making sure that technology is always giving people a choice in choice to i want to have over oh, all every day already oh, well, my basket with, with with things or i want to share my data yes or no to get better services or uh, the choice to whatever it may be and i think having a choice but it's part of our fundamental rights that we have as human being is also sometimes the biggest challenge um, when we talk about technology. And but that's also why it is important to think about the, the digital ethics. It's about safeguarding our, our human rights, our fundamental human rights in the technology. Because if we go beyond that, then technology is so powerful and scalable, it goes faster than we as human beings can adhere to. So, and then we can have really bad scenarios. So that's also. Mm-hmm want to add why it's so important to think about it
0: yeah and there's um i really liked your example because you know usually as people we try to uh, optimize the time that we are spending on different things so in a lot of situations on one hand it's um you know it's nice to have that uh, basket of groceries prepared for us so that we save time or to basically have complimentary suggestions about things that could um, be combined with a previous purchase. So on one hand, that's great. And on the other hand, sometimes as a consumer, I also realize that there's so much data that is being collected about me, about my habits, about, yeah, everything that I purchased in the past. Sometimes I get all these additional ads via other applications that I use. So sometimes, I like it, and sometimes I dislike it as a consumer. And it also makes me think about my privacy and how my data is being shared across different platforms and systems. One question that I want to ask you is, Is digital ethics the same thing as data privacy, or how are they different, or are they somehow included or connected one to another? What's the storyline there?
1: So, good question. So, I think where we think about digital ethics, that's actually where data privacy was years ago. So, if we look at nowadays, we could say that both are about the protection of data of humans and society in the technology or on the platform. But... Where the difference comes in is that data privacy or GDPR, how we call it now, is mandatory. And digital ethics is still voluntary. So when we talk about data privacy or the GDPR, we talk about you need to do that. eh? Do you comply with the rules and regulation? Embedding digital ethics starts with the question, should you do it? You know, should you do this technology, looking at all the stakeholders, including society, and what's the impact on that? And that's where the difference is, but also is where they are linked. Data privacy is an ethical value within the data protection when we talk about the protecting of our data. So privacy is one of our ethical values. But digital ethics look to a wider range of values and principles. eh? Digital ethics look also to autonomy and to fairness and to algorithm accountability, explainability. So it looks a little bit broader than only the ethical value that we call privacy. So that's what is difference and how it's connected to each other.
2: Yeah, I think I think that's I think that's a very good point. And I think it's a thin line as well, right? So a couple of years ago, for example, and that was in the US, there was a a minor, a, a lady 16 years old and she was buying online stuff because she was pregnant, although her parents didn't know that. So there was a privacy statement and she accepted the privacy statement and the company used her information which was allowed from uh, from law perspective to send her on her home address information regarding pregnancy mm-hmm. so at her home address she she found uh, her dad found found that 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 post and he was he was angry and he was angry on the company because why does that company send his daughter information regarding a pregnancy she was only 16 and then he found out she was really pregnant so from data privacy perspective the company didn't do anything wrong in my opinion if you look at ethical well you can heavily debate if they acted in a right ethical way because you know it was a minor uh, under 18 so you know is it okay for a company to use that information for someone that was under 18 is that person capable of understanding what she accepted in this case. So that line is, is, is from that perspective, very, very thin, I think. So it's very good that companies really, really understand how they use data for, for their benefit because at the end of the day, a company is a commercial institution and, and it's fine that they, you know, they go for more revenues or profit or whatever. And at the same time, people we as individual need to understand that in today's world data is something common you know everything we do with our smartphone laptop ipad whatever is online and therefore data is captured and we really need to understand that i think that's that's the big movement transformation where we are where we are in right now as individual as individuals as well is do we realize with everything that we do, data comes in, in into play, and therefore you need to think about what does that company do with my data? And I think that's what Hillary has a very fair point. Organizations need to very clearly express what they will do with the data you leave behind on the internet.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah and it's also very important to actually read that uh, fine print about the privacy statement, right? I think in a lot of situations people just uh, automatically check those checkboxes without really reading them because it's uh, pages long documents and um, sometimes also combined with legal terms and not everyone is familiar enough to do it or to understand the repercussions of um, sharing all that data with different parties. Yeah, I I don't know. I think uh, sometimes it uh, would be nice to also study about uh, this in schools or or something like that. I mean, of course, maybe I'm looking very far ahead, but technology is so ingrained in our life that it's nice to actually have more education around it. And about, of course, how we can use it to our benefit. And at the same time, what are some of the risks of exposing so much data uh, voluntarily, kind of, because we all do that voluntarily.
1: Yeah. And Adriana, I think you say completely in the right way, you know, reading the fine print, you know, I I honestly would say that I know part. I would understand partially, but still, I don't understand everything. So how you say if the average consumer would never understand all those fine prints. So I don't believe that is a task of the consumer. That's more about the company to make it clear that the consumer would understand it. But when we talk about digital ethics and using technology in the same way, it's actually, from my perspective, there's a responsibility of everyone. It's not only of the organizations or the technology companies. It is also about the consumers, you know, speaking up what they think is okay and it's not okay. It's about mm-hmm. schools who need to teach, you know, our youngsters already in primary school about what this means because, you know, you have this App, you do all those different child apps that I see passing by, but what does it mean? So, the education is a really important part because when education comes in, then behavior changing starts. And all of them, we need to have, you know, trustworthy technology. It's not only companies, it's not only regulators, it needs to
2: be all of us. I think that's absolutely true. And, and at the same time, you, you triggered me with one sentence because changing behavior of people is not easy. You know, yeah. that takes a lot of time. At the yeah. same time, changing a code for intelligent technology is, between brackets, relatively easy. So there's also a benefit of using technology because at the end of the day, and and let's make the assumption right now for this discussion that my example is about technology that is programmed open and fair. So let's talk about AI. So it's clear and and it's transparent for the user how it's used. And, And there is a great, again, a great example a couple of years ago where a big multinational uses used AI for recruitment, but they used the historical data. So before there was technology to fill AI. And then they found out relatively quickly that there was no diversity in people they were hiring. They were all the same kind of people, which was never clear before that moment because it was spread out over the world and people were just recruiting. But now they had the data set and someone at, at HQ saw, hey, that's interesting. So 80% of the people we are hiring are same gender, same age, same background. So diversity was, was not there. So at the same time, and then you can... You could blame it on the technology in that case, but and at the end of the day, that technology was only based on the information that was entered in the system of the last twenty years. So what I was, what I'm trying to say is is that at the same time, technology gives you quite quickly information about what you're doing. So as an organization, from that perspective, you know you could also quickly change the direction you want to go into and and reprogram your your technology. while, while if you want to change the behavior of people. You know, let's be honest, that will take at least half a generation before the real behavior is changed and even more in some uh, situations. So I think from that perspective, it it can also work in the benefit by using technology. It's quicker open that the way we were thinking that we were on the right track as as humans actually wasn't because it was never clear. It was never never in our face from that perspective.
1: To respond to that, I think I, I partially agree. I think we can code a lot of things but we then also got the biases of us as humans into the technology and then the power of the technology is that it will be scalable and i truly believe that technology can help us in ways that you know that goes beyond our imaginations really for good but i do not believe that we can only rely on the technology there needs to be human in the loop from the beginning to the end to safeguard that you know the risk on discrimination the risk on biases the risk on fairness because data you know technology is always based on historical data so at the end it will never be neutral and we can only flag that if it is a combination of us as human being and the technology and i truly believe i partially agree with you oscar changing behavior is a long way to go you know it's not from one to the other day But we need to start making that change, otherwise it never comes. And I think it's really needed to make sure that the technology and the data that we use will work for everyone and not only for certain groups. And I think that's where digital ethics comes in now, especially because all the behaviors are so difficult. There are tools or methodologies and governance that you can have in place to mitigate the risk. If you're 100% clear, I don't believe that. But you can, if you realize that there is a risk, you can mitigate the risk. And that goes by from trainings to solutions to technical solutions to governance, but only relying on technology. I think that is really scary, to be honest.
2: No, and I, fu- I fully agree. So, so l- let's make something really clear, although I work for a tech company. <laughs> Human involvement is essential today tomorrow I hope in 100 years I think in 100 years. however the difference between me and technology is that technology is fair it's objective it's based on rules so you could debate the rules but those rules are programmed by the human being. So what I what I'm explaining is that as long as it's just me, Without technology, I can make non-object I will make non-objective decisions because that's what humans do. There's always something in my head that gives a certain preference. And I can also cover up. That's what we did for the last hundred years. Technology will make it clear there will be some and, and that's why I agree with you, Hilary, there should be someone in an organization, if if you look from an organization perspective, that safeguards the way technology is used, an objective person in this uh, in this situation. But the good thing is with technology, that information will be there the next second in 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 the old world between brackets it would never reach that role that person because i could cover up so from my perspective i think you know technology is really the future it will really it should really make a better world for everybody but i fully agree there should be a real safeguard in making sure that it does but i think at the end of the day that is easier with technology than in the old world without technology
0: also want to ask both of you something because we are talking a little bit about how technology can be implemented how it can be used how it can be helpful or in some cases also harm us a little bit and if i try to relate this to how companies work and how you know digital ethics or how someone or a team maybe safeguards that the products that we're building are ethical yeah in in practice a team building a product, are they responsible for it to be ethical? Or is it another team that kind of guides them or makes sure that what they do is okay? Or is it a combination between multiple teams, maybe, you know, product teams, legal teams, someone else in the company? How does it usually work in practice?
2: I think it's well. It is the combination. Let's be honest. So you have, on one hand, if you talk from from a company producing, let's go that way, applications that use smart technology, then I think it's a combination of the product development of that company that that develops from a certain point of view. Where legal comes in, if you look at at how. Law and legislation needs to be put in, and then the most important, and I think a lot of companies don't have that yet, is the ethical part. And so I think, and that's well, if it's new, I don't know if it's new, but it should be common within companies that there is a department that looks at the ethical part of of that solution. You know, if, if you if you build in AI in certain processes, say for example recruitment, you need to safeguard that it is absolutely objective. So you know it has nothing to do with preferences, human preferences whatsoever, just purely objective on data. And I think that's something, if you look at the companies that, that provide these solutions, I think it's those three departments. At the same time, the companies or individuals using that solution have a role as well. Because at the end of the day, there's no company that will produce something that will not be sold. You know, at the end of the day, it is the consumer market, individuals and companies that determine what kind of product you get. So my first statement is that the providing company has the most responsibility from that perspective but it's also the the demand side that influence what is offered Hmm.
0: that's a that's an interesting point to make (laughs) because basically as consumers we also have the power right in requesting something or making it clear that we maybe are not okay with how the data is used and we want to change in regards to that
2: but but i think that there's one big difference yes we have the power But do we realize Mm -hmm. where we say yes or no to? And I think that's what, what Hillary said previously, you know, it's not that easy for us as professionals in this, uh, so for Hillary and me, but alone for people I know around me, uh, my, my wife or my kids, my twin girls are 14 years old. They don't have a clue. They just want to play a game. They just want to go on an app or whatever. And if they say, do you accept? Yes, they accept without realizing <laughs> whatever happens with their data. So therefore the main responsibility lies with the provider, but we as individual have, well, we have influence from that perspective.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I- I totally agree because, we, like I said, we all have a role to play. So we all have a responsibility in that. But if you look now from an organizational perspective, you see that what's happening now in regulatory uh, landscape about talking about accountability is really appointing one person within the organizations that need to be accountable. Um, because one of the risks that comes because of the power of this technology and so many parts are using it, that at the end, everybody is, you know, pointing to each other. So they are driving to make one or two persons accountable for the ethical use or the trustworthiness of the technology. And what you see now happening, there's not one answer to this, but in a few companies I see, especially where it's more data-driven focused, you see, for example, product owners they need to manage the risk and they see ethical risk as part of their, from their role. We see CDOs because we see a lot of biases, is part of data so you see that a lot of cdos are picking this up and uh, chief information officers as well because they also overlook the whole network so we do see people standing up and owning this topic from the whole chain and then they have the role to safeguard and mitigate the risk of ethical risk during the chain so we need to go to one or two persons to point really who's upon, accountable who we can reach out to if it really goes wrong that's where the world is going to I think
0: and also just to clarify when you say cdo is that the like the chief data officer or
1: something like that yes i mean the chief mm-hmm. data officer yeah, okay. chief data officer or the chief information officer the two taking up and legal. I also heard Oscar saying, but I heard a little bit from our legal colleague or the legal persons at our clients, they mostly have an advisory role. So not the responsibility mm-hmm. role, but really an advisory role that counts or can make something stop it. Yes or no, but not the res- and responsibility on the technology. Okay.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. And when we think about it, you know, everyone or most companies probably want to make sure that they are as ethical as possible so that their consumers would be happy and that they would be coming back and their consumers would trust them. What are some challenges that all these companies face when they try to build, say, ethical products in the digital world? Based on your experience, what have you seen?
1: So, The biggest challenges that I see is one we already addressed, but the first one is ethics washing, you know, companies saying already we're ethical doing really well, we have all our technologies trustworthy, etc. But it's not Mm -hmm. actually really backed up with practice, you know, and that's, that's one of the biggest risks that we see. The other risk that we also see is that companies really want to use the technology and data in an ethical world, uh, in an ethical way, but it's really difficult how to do it because it is more than a checklist, you know, and it has to be embedded throughout the whole organization. It's about the governance and behavior change, diversity. You need to have technical safeguards when you talk about fairness or explainability, the data quality on the trainings data. So, and because it is not rule-based, but principle-based, that's also really difficult for companies. So we see companies really starting in a really good way. And I think it's really a journey where companies need to go through. But understand it is a journey and also look at the whole organization what do we need to do down? and then I think uh, we can do it but the, so the challenge, sorry, resume ethics washing and it is difficult to do because it's a lot of things to do in practice
2: yeah, I agree. I think, you know, if, if you talk about challenges and then and then look at a company where they use these te- technologies on the consumer side, so on the revenue side, you know, that's always a thin line, right? Because I think in general, and, and I'm an optimistic and person, I believe in the good of people. Right? So that's where I stand for. So my assumption is that nine out of 10, 99 out of 100 companies really want to be ethical in the right way. But then there could be a discussion about okay, but if I would just slightly move my ethical print, am I harming anybody? And I think that's a thin line if you look at the outside world where, you know, there could be a discussion within companies. On one hand, you know, we want to be ethical at the other hand, but if that ethical costs us money, are we still that ethical? And I think that's, the, again, what I said earlier, the big difference between today's world and 20 years ago, we had exactly the same discussions, but it was not visible. And I think that's, again, the good thing, because I want to end positive from my perspective. The good thing is, due to technology, even if it's misused at certain moments in time, it's visible. And once it gets out and the public knows, then that company has the real issue. So I think that's that's the benefit.
0: Yeah. And are there some examples that we both of you could offer maybe of uh, some companies that uh, are doing certain things right in this space or some good practices or examples?
2: Well, without mentioning names, because I I don't think that would be ethical. (laughs) But I see companies, for example, using smart technology AI in their recruitment process where they Make everything that could say something about the background of a person, so non-relevant information, non-visible for recruiters. So the only thing, the only information they really get where they have to make the decision on is based on requirements for their role. So nothing with gender, religion, age, background, whatever, which I think, you know, is, is is a good way of having the most objective person coming for your for your opening for your for your vacancy. Is that already common? No, but that's mm-hmm. growing. I see that with multiple customers or companies out there. Mm-hmm. And really use that from that perspective, the information. I think that's good.
1: Yeah. So one of the things that I really already see happening in the market of some of the companies is that they give people a choice choice on how to use the data, choice on mm-hmm. what can we do with the data. I see one company asking their consumers, what do you think that we can do with your data? Can we use it? Yes or no? Or do you want offers? Yes or no? So it's really giving people a choice on how to work. What do you want? Do you want personal ads? Yes or no? I think that are really first good steps that I see happening um, uh, in the market and the other things that I see, but that's more, that's also a risk if you don't bring it in practice, that we see more and more companies, especially tech companies, or the big tech companies are having their ethical principles published. You know, saying mm-hmm. this is how we look on the technology, but that's also where the risk comes in on ethical washing. If you don't back it up in practice, then we have another yeah. risk. you bring those statements out but i see that as also got good movements so yes there are risks but also it is good for the awareness of people that if they see for example with company a i have a choice they would go to company b why don't i have a choice with you so it's also bringing something good to the market and Mm -hmm. so yeah i see good things happening uh, around this one
0: And again, I think we as consumers have a role to play in that, right? Because if we try to say, okay, I am no longer agreeing with this way of how my data is being used, I want you as a company to change it, probably, I do believe that we have some power in regards to that. Because if uh, big companies will not probably protect our data, people will stop using their products. So then... um, it's a win-win relationship uh, if uh, everyone is interested in making it work.
1: Maybe it's an addition to that one. So mm-hmm. I also want to, to end with something positive. That there are really there are companies who really want to make a difference. You know, from mm-hmm. the core of the business. So it's not that it's only about making revenue. Yes, of course, because otherwise we cannot pay everybody's salary, etc. But there are really companies who want to make this change on ethical tech and the ethical use of technology. Only you see that's the journey where they started. So, yeah, and that makes it really a must win in that case.
0: Okay. And also with, you know, how we had our discussion and how important or what I heard personally is how important it is to have, Digital ethics, not just uh, as an aspect that one person looks after, but a little bit more ingrained in the organization and uh, spread across everyone that basically works at the company and is contributing to, like collaborating with customers or building solutions for them or products. I one aspect that I'm thinking about is that the earliest that we start with educating people on how to be ethical, what it means in the digital world, and how exactly you can um, do it. So basically, as young as possible, uh, is what I'm thinking about that will probably in the long run, bring us the best benefits. And that's, you know, just a personal conclusion that I am taking uh, out of this discussion. But I am curious, What do you think is going to happen in the future uh, for digital ethics and how it will uh, evolve and how can it impact us? What do you think the future of this is?
1: What I think when I look to the future is that society is becoming more and more aware of the power and risk that data and technology will bring. So society will, people will speak up and companies will do, strive to do harder uh, to, to create their technology in a trustworthy way. The other thing that I see happening and that's already started now is there where I started that theater ethics is voluntary and is a mm-hmm. voluntary discussion. I think that in the future, it will be a legal discussion and part of that will be regulated. You already see things happening in that space. And then still, again, we need to have these ethical discussions around: should we do it? Not because it's legally okay. Should we really do this? Is it necessary?
2: Mm-hmm. So I want to turn it around. So I think one, you know, technology is here. Technology will stay. Technology will further develop. Yeah. <laughs> The, the, the upcoming three years there will be more development and impact from technology than we have in the last 15 years so it will be quicker and quicker from my perspective which i think in general is something good and at the same time if you if you talk about digital ethics and and i think i said it at the beginning as well for me personally there is no real the way we want that, uh, the way we want people to act the way we want people to be the way we want people to look at other people which should be translated into into the digital world so from that perspective I think, you know, the role of safeguarding that being embedded into technology, that's that's really important. I agree with you earlier, Adriana, the fact that we need to be sure that we educate the current and coming generations on, on what it is to be digital is very important. At the same time, I think the kids of my kids or my grand, uh, grandkids in the future, cool, that's, that's difficult. <laughs> um, but hey, when you
0: think about it.
2: <laughs> when I think about it, you know, yeah, okay, don't, so let's forget this. Uh, no, but... (laughs) They are born into that world. I already see that with my kids, you know, and and maybe we in our generation are thinking more about it because we were part of that transformation where upcoming generations have a different starting point. Without saying that, therefore, ethics is not important, it will be more important, but maybe it will also grow and become natural from that perspective. Not by itself, by the way, but, you know, it it will be part of our future DNA.
1: Yeah, indeed. And I also think that will be striped because when you look at new generation, especially the new generation to come, um, they are more focusing on social justice. You see more teenagers stepping up for climate human rights etc so i think that will also help where technology will go faster but the ethical use of that will go faster as well because yeah. this new generation really focusing on social justice is really important for them
0: true okay yeah if i think about it I I probably, again, personally, uh, draw two conclusions and things that I can do in the future where I can bring some impact. And that would be, you know, reading uh, a bit more carefully, maybe some of those fine prints and how the data is used. And if I am not okay with it to speak up or decide uh, not to use uh, probably a product or reach out to the company and um, talk about that. Hopefully my request would be (laughs) processed from that perspective. And at the same time, I think uh, it would be important to educate or share with people around me or in in my family in regards to, um, you know, these practices and how they can be used or misused in some cases. So I I think, you know, as a a person, these are the two aspects that I can uh, have influence on. And of course, not uh, everything else that happens around me. So my uh, conclusion is that I'll try to be a bit more um, proactive and aware of what is in, in, this, in these two items. Anything else that you feel like uh, we can do as uh, average people?
1: No, I think you covered it already really well. Okay.
0: <laughs> that sounds good. So I think we uh, will uh, wrap it up here in terms of the discussion. And I would like to thank you, Hilary and Oscar, for joining us today.
1: Yes, and thanks
0: again for inviting us. Awesome. Thank you. And I hope uh, our listeners will also take some good conclusions uh, out of this discussion.